With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be entirely dedicated to reviewing the Bengals-Titans game. The unofficial Bengals podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Week 8 Game Review. Cincinnati Bengals 31, Tennessee Titans 20. A win. A decisive win. All three phases playing complementary football. Joe Burrow and company getting it done on offense, the defense holding up, the special teams contributing. What a great game. This is what you want to see every week. At times, I don't even know what to do with myself watching this game. Usually, I'm freaking out, either waiting for us to come back or try to fend off someone if we're winning in the fourth quarter. And this game was just on cruise control for the most part. So I'm excited. You know, normally after the Bengal games, I'm all drained from putting out so much adrenaline, willing them to try to win and getting stressed out about things. This time after the game, I had energy. I was watching the 4 o'clock games. I bet on a couple of them. It was all good. So really cool Sunday. It's a great time getting back to some winning ways. I hope this continues. And now we go into the bye week. We get to rest up. We're coming off a high note from beating a a very good team. We get to re-energize, get ready for the Steelers, extra game plan, watch another Steelers game in the interim. So we're going to be ready for the Steelers. It's going to be exciting moving forward. Joe Burrow is predicting a lot of wins this year, so I'm right on board. All right, so let's talk about a couple headlines that are present right now. The one thing that I want to mention is the trade deadline is approaching. And if you put two and two together, I firmly believe they're going to deal Ross at the trade deadline. You know, when you think about it, they've been making him inactive without any real explanation on what's going on with him lately. So I finally put everything together, and I'm thinking that they're just protecting him, making sure he doesn't get hurt, so he has some kind of trade value. So unfortunately, look for John Ross to be traded at the deadline. And if he's not, please let's use him in the second half of the season. And then as far as us making any trades, I don't think we're going to be trading for anyone. They seem pretty content with everything. Looks like we have some improvements on the offensive line now, which is going to help. Unless someone offers us something crazy for A.J. Green, look for A.J. Green to stay on the roster now, too. You know, he's been playing better lately, and I don't think they're going to deal him at this point. And the other big piece of news is the offensive line. Go figure, four new starters after a season that Burrow's getting killed. Even though the Titans aren't known for having a good pass rush, we all thought that they were going to be coming after him with four new guys. We were going to be getting confused. Burrow was going to be getting hit a ton. These guys really, really held up, all of them. Every one of them had a good game. They protected Burrow. They had a lot of push up front for those runs. It was just really nice to see everyone gel like that. This could be a good problem to have at this point. Because I I think we might have a new starter or two based on this game. You know, when Jonah is healthy, he's coming back. But Adenogy filled in really well in his absence. But the big one is Quentin Spain. 
He played like a veteran, and he was solid. He was moving people around. He was protecting Burrow. I mean, he came into the facility 24 hours before the game, I believe. I cannot believe that he was able to absorb a game plan, especially a game plan from Coach Taylor, which has quite a few wrinkles in it. Really excellent, excellent performance. And I'm not sure if what they're going to do when Michael Jordan comes back, which is going to be for the next game. You know, it's hard to see a guy lose his starting job because of a an illness that he wasn't able to play, but um, the offensive line never looked better, and Spain was a big, big part of it. So I'm thinking that he may be starting next game. And then Adenogy shows that he can start as well. Now, a lot of fans are thinking, all right, you know, here's Bobby Hart's replacement, boom, done. Hart had a good game before he went down. I don't know his health status, but if Bobby Hart is healthy for Pittsburgh, he's going to start there because he's a veteran and he's coming off a good game, and he's played against Pittsburgh a lot too. So Adenergy might not be starting in place of Hart if Hart is healthy. If Hart is not healthy, look for Jonah on the left and Adenergy on the right. And then Spain and Redmond's proven that he's a, a solid starter at this point. And again, Hopkins will probably start over Billy Price when he comes back healthy as well. But good game by Billy Price, both in calling the protections and getting some push and protecting Burrow as well. And they gave him a game ball which is well-deserved. You know, he's a guy who's been with the team for a long time, and as they say, he's, he's very enthusiastic. I did an interview with him a couple months back. I thought he was a great guy and someone that I wanted to root for and someone who has a lot of pride in his playing and a lot of pride in the team. So it was great to see him have a standout game, get a game ball, and props to that whole offensive line. It's unbelievable the job they did. And then the last item is the Darius Phillips injury. During the game, they said it was a groin. I don't know. I'm going to have to check... But I thought it was a knee, and he was coming off a knee injury. And when he went down, I was like, man, did he just come back too early? Should have sat out one more week, and you know, and then you have the bye week. I just hate when guys rush back, because now he might be set back for a month if it's, if it's significant. Maybe longer. All right, so let's get on to the game itself. We started that game on the offensive line and the defensive line with zero players that were projected week one starters. There wasn't one guy on either front that was scheduled to be a week one starter. So that shows something about your team's depth, and it shows something about your coaching. Now regarding the game flow, we were a balanced offense, and we gave Joe Burrow protection. And balance creates protection as well. If you can run the ball, it's going to protect your passing game. They're not just going to be able to tee off on your quarterback. We have those two elements like we did this game. This offense with Joe Burrow and those receivers is unstoppable. And Coach Taylor was back at it with some creative play calling. There were some very well-drawn-up protections where he had guys in motion and coming into the backfield. You know, there was times that he had Sample as an H-back and Geo in the backfield, who's a great blocking back. We were back at it with clever formations, whether it be the five wide receivers or the multiple tight end looks, um, a lot of different motions and shifts, so that was nice to see. We stuck with the quick passing game, which is working well for us. And then we did some deceptive plays as far as jet sweeps and a wide receiver screen, running back screen, various things like that. I think we did a draw or two as well. So the creative play calling continued for this game, and it contributed to a win. And when we're clicking, we're the kind of team that you're going to have to go score for score with. We scored on five of eight of our drives, and that's been a trend. We've been putting up a lot of points this season. And then defensively this game, it was kind of like a bend-don't-break with Henry, and it worked. And Tannehill was a little off. I'm not going to lie on that. But I was surprised the Titans didn't use Henry more. 
And on every third down, they were pulling him out. You know, when they were falling behind, they they didn't have him in there as well. I think when he was running well in that game, he was hard to stop. So I think we kind of got lucky that they got away from him as quickly as they did. Because there was a few key third down situations where I thought he should be in there. And another really good coaching move this game was pulling Shaq Calhoun. They pulled him after one drive. On the first drive, he had an assignment error where Burrow got hit really hard. And then he had a false start. I guess they saw enough on that first drive. They had a quick trigger finger with him, got him right out of there. And then Spain came in and had a great game. So it was good that they didn't just stay with a guy who was struggling a little bit. They really had no tolerance for it. And they put in Spain and off he went. They continue to go for it on important fourth downs. This has to be some kind of record. I don't know, 12 of 13 on fourth downs through eight games. I don't think, I, I can't see a team having a better percentage than that. It's just amazing. They always seem to have the right play dialed up, and it always seems like it's going to Boyd. And another key element to winning, they didn't let up points before the half. That ongoing trend of killer points before the half. And then coming out of the half, they didn't let up any points either. So a lot of times, a game can get swung on you with a late field goal in the first half and an early touchdown in the second half. That's a quick 10-point swing. They avoided all that. Shut them down on both drives. And then lastly, I just want to give some thoughts out to Adam Humphreys. That was a vicious hit, and Bates didn't do it on purpose. You know, it was just bang, bang, and it, it was, he didn't lower his head or anything. He was kind of just laying in a hit and half getting out of the way at the same time, and it was just, it was just a hard, unfortunate collision. I hope we don't see Humphreys for the rest of the season. It's, I just i am very, very careful when guys get concussions. You know, when, when someone actually is knocked out cold like that, that's when you start rethinking your NFL career. And I'd hate to see that be a career ender for him. But if it leads to that and it's the best decision for him to have a normal life, then I'm all for it. So get better soon, my friend, and good luck to you. And now on to Joe Burrow. Where did this guy come from? This is a rookie with poise and confidence, command of the huddle. He's changing plays at the line of scrimmage. He's been hit more than almost anyone in the league, and he's not shell-shocked. He's hanging in there. The scramble play, the scramble play from this week is absolutely amazing. I can't believe how many people that he avoided and then still made a juke downfield and almost got the first down at the end of that play. I mean, I knew he was quick and had good legs and good moves, but that was exceptional. He just was making people miss. He was he used it with upper body strength and he was crafty and quick. Just really lights out an amazing play that's going to be in the highlight reels for a long time. And then earlier, he made Clowney miss. Clowney was coming in basically unblocked, and he just did a quick shuffle, got out of the way. So he continues to make plays with his legs as well as his amazing, amazing arm and accuracy. And he's been throwing those sharp throws right down the middle of the field. You know, those are tough throws. You have to have a lot of confidence in yourself and in your, in your receiver to thread those in there. And he just repeatedly does it. You know, you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself and your scheme and your receiver to just go down the middle without fear like that. And while we're talking about amazing plays from this game, what about the throw to Boyd and the catch by Boyd? Huge, huge play in the game. I'll tell you, it was an amazing catch by Boyd because he was getting held. He was fighting with this guy. He turns around and he has a split second to grab the ball. It was an amazing catch and a lot of guys don't make that catch. But I have to say this. It was the throw. Joe Burrow put that in a spot where you couldn't not catch it. Anyone who's played the game, I'm sure you've you've had a few balls like that in your life. 
where it's almost impossible to drop the ball because it's just put in such a perfect place. And that's what happened. Joe put it right on that open shoulder. So as soon as he turned, boom, it was on his shoulder. All he had to do was just clamp on it. You know, Boyd was getting his arms up anyway while he was turning, but the ball just fell into his shoulder chest area. A remarkable throw. Under pressure, everyone was under pressure in that, and it was a pressure situation. Another play for the ages. We're going to see so many out of this guy. I'm just beyond thrilled at what's going on at the quarterback position. And Burrow was poised on that bad snap. A lot of guys turn around and and just panic and then end up knocking the ball away further towards your own end zone. You know, he, he grabbed the ball and did something with it. Just amazing. He, he's, he doesn't panic. If you panic in that situation, bad things are going to happen. And he's not a guy who panics back there. And then he got rid of a couple balls too, which is good. He, he's always making a play and he's stretching out every play until the last possible minute. But it was nice to see him get rid of a couple this game rather than take a sack or have some negative thing happen. So that's also showing maturity. Bad throws, there was a couple, not many. I think he missed Bernard. He rushed a, a screen pass. Uh, one of the balls to Green was a little underthrown. You know, you can't be perfect. You can't hit every pass, but he's so accurate on most of these. And again, he, he was saved from two interceptions. You know, just like last game, there were two dropped interceptions. So, you know, a little bit of good fortune, but good fortune follows around good people. And I think that's what's happening. All right, so on to the offense in general. I talked about the offensive line earlier. It was an exceptional performance. The protection, the way they were opening up holes, and the running game really profited from that. The guys did so well out there. Bernard had a phenomenal game right from the first play of the game. I mean, he just scooted up the middle for like six, seven yards, and I was like, wow, we haven't seen that in a while. And then later on, we were able to kill the clock by kind of running the ball, which is rare for us too. So it was nice to see. And hopefully this offensive line plays the same way when Mixon's back because he's going to take advantage of it. But hats off to Geo again with the great blocking in the backfield. Excellent play on the receiving touchdown and an excellent, excellent play on that rushing touchdown. He threaded through traffic. He got the blocks, but it was a long way to go to get to the end zone through a lot of people. So really well done, Geo. That's two really good games in a row. And Piran continues to block well and run hard. He blocked really well on the one kickoff return. He was helping protect Burrow. He got the touchdown. Now I know why they went to him on that fullback dive a couple weeks back that didn't work. It might not have been the right play call, but he's the kind of guy who's just going to go full speed forward. And he showed it this game by punching the ball into the end zone when it was really tight and there was a lot of bodies in there. And also in complimenting the offensive line, I need to bring up Drew Sample because he had an excellent game blocking. There was a couple times where I was like, wow, who, who made that last push to spring the running back? And it was Sample with his guy on the ground as well. So it's nice to see that he added in a, a really good blocking game on top of the good receiving games that he's had. And then on to the receivers. I could talk about him forever. I mean, Boyd, I was writing down some notes on what I was thinking about during his performance. And I, I, I called it the three C's. The catches, he's clutch, and he has chemistry with Burrow. I'm not going to go on and on about every reception that he made in this game, but every time they need a play, Tyler Boyd is there. Higgins continues to stand out, looking a little like a young A.J. Green with those contested catches and leaping up in the air. He's running good routes. He's got good speed and agility. He's got great jumping ability, and he's got great hands, as Adam Archuleta said on the broadcast. And I'm really liking the way he's been broadcasting games as well. We've had him a couple times this year. He says Higgins catches the ball with his hands. And when you hear that, it sounds like, well, doesn't everybody? But you know what he's talking about. A lot of people let the ball pound him in the body. 
and he's up there grabbing it with his hands. Although there was one key conversion that he made where he did catch it with his body, but for the most part, he's out there plucking the ball out of the air, and that's the way you have to do it. And Auden Tate, what a game for him. Responsible for a bunch of first downs, diving and stretching the ball over the first down marker two times in that game, and then he had the big clutch first down late where he just jumped. He must have been 11 and a half feet up in the air with at, at the tip, probably even higher when he grabbed that ball. And because of his size, you know, a lot of the DBs get on him because he's he's not as quick as them, but he just makes those contested catches. And at times, you, you almost think it's A.J. Green. And speaking of Green, maybe his role's changing a little bit with this team. Obviously, he's been a big inspiration to Higgins and Tate and has helped Boyd along the way. He's, you know, he's kind of done his job with those guys. I know he just met Higgins, but, you know, the other guys have learned a lot from watching him. And Higgins did, too, before he started. You know, that was one of his role models growing up. So with AJ, teams are still going to view him as the home run threat for a while. So that's the advantage in there. We can make teams think that he's going to be the guy catching the ball downfield for the big play. and But it seems like he's turning into more of a possession receiver this year. He's been more effective on the short routes than the long routes. You know, there's still some separation issues because a lot of his catches are contested. But it is A.J. Green. He still has great hands. And he's going to contribute. I'm hoping they don't trade him. I don't think they're going to. You know, we'll, we'll talk about his status for next year. We have plenty of time for that. But as of right now, he's had a good couple games. And you can't take any targets away from Burrow, especially one that's Hall of Fame bound. All right, on to the defense. As I said before, it was a bend-don't-break. You know, we were fortunate they didn't use Henry Moore, but we, we were effective most of the time. He got his 100 yards and a touchdown, but he didn't kill us. And we put them in situations where they didn't use him. When it's third and long, or the fact that our offense was scoring so much they had to go score for score, and when they got behind they had to throw the ball and catch up and save clock. So the game played very well into our defense's hands. And I guess the first player to celebrate this game would be Jesse Bates. They gave him a game ball as well. What a key interception on that first drive. That changed the whole momentum of the game. That took points off the board. You know, add three or seven points to the Titans' score, and it's a much closer game. And he continued to play well in all phases, you know, defending against the run. His tackling was good. His coverage was good. He continues to be a guy on his way to the Pro Bowl this year. And Von Bell probably had his best game as a Bengal. He was solid in coverage. He's always solid tackling. You know, he was sticking his nose in there with Henry a bunch as well. Then he had the one play that was almost an interception. And then he actually got the interception on the play right after it. But then it was called back for a penalty. But still, it showed that he was in the right place at the right time and doing the right things in coverage on this game. He also had a big hit on Tannehill at one point. So very, very solid game out of Von Bell. And when your safeties are playing like that, you have a really good shot at winning. And the linebackers continue to be solid. Pratt had a good game. Bynes was up and down, but still did the job and was able to contribute to a winning defensive effort. And Logan Wilson. I have to admit, the first couple games of the year, I wasn't sure about him. But it was his first couple games in the NFL. I should have had a, a little bit more tolerance. But he's made a lot of big plays this year. And the situation where he had the sack in this game was massive. And they said that he wasn't supposed to be blitzing on that. But the running back stayed in, so he just decided to go in and make the big play, and he's quick enough to get on a quarterback fast. Very heady play, especially for a rookie that's only played eight games, actually seven because he missed one. He did get bowled over by Henry in the end zone, but pretty much anyone would have. That's a welcome to the NFL moment. And the backup D-line continues to hustle. Bledsoe batted a pass. Covington was very active. I, I'm amazed at how many plays that Covington chases back upfield. 
Mackenzie Alexander, another great game. I know he missed a tackle on the one A.J. Brown touchdown, but he's been so solid, I'm not going to fault him on that. We had a few issues with the corners. LaShawn Sims let up another few plays again, but he was still serviceable and did his job on, on quite a few other plays. And William Jackson had a decent game. Again, he's just coming back from a concussion, so it might take him another couple weeks for him to be back to normal, but he'll be, he'll be back strong for the Steelers game. He was solid. He made some plays, but he also gave up some plays. And on to special teams. Randy Bullock continues to be kicking well. All the kickoffs are going through the end zone, no matter what the wind is. I mean, that was a windy game, and he was just getting all those kicks into the end zone. And his accuracy rate this season is 90%. We can't take that for granted. I know we got mad at him for missing a couple big kicks, but the Titans' kicking is like 60%. And Randy, over his career, has been in the mid to high 80s in field goal percentage. So although he might not be everyone's favorite choice for kicker, he's doing a great job if you really look at the numbers. And then Brandon Wilson with the big return at a key time. That almost like sealed the game, took it across the 50. So that's it. If you want to kick to Brandon Wilson four or five times in a game, he's going to make you pay on one of them. And then Huber continues to have a great season. And that last punt to put it on the one, I mean, that is perfect. And while we're at it, Clark Harris, just to give a shout-out, no one gives him a shout-out ever, but he's still been flawless. And when you think about it, how it hurts you, look at what happened with the Titans on on the one extra point at the end. I know it was kind of meaningless, but we don't really seem to have those issues with Clark there, and we haven't had him for a decade. And lastly, for special teams, the coverage was great as well. Brandon Wilson was active in there. Logan Wilson was active. Jordan Evans, you hear me mentioning the same names in special teams. So these guys are contributors. You know, they have a lot of pride in that coverage unit. You can see they they freak out more than most teams when they make a a special teams tackle on a kickoff or punt. It's a really intense unit, and as I said, their, their coverage is near the top of the league because of it. All right, so that's my review of this game. So here we are, two, five, and one. We get a week to rest and regroup and re-energize, and then we see how we stack up against the Steelers. Imagine the momentum if we beat the Steelers, and then the schedule gets a little bit easier after that. So now am I going to be crazy like that? I said they weren't going to make the playoffs in the last episode, and now with one win, all of a sudden I'm thinking playoffs again. No, but I love doing the math on this stuff, and it's nice to know that you're still alive. So humor me, but if we do beat Pittsburgh, the schedule gets a lot easier after that for a few games. So this could be a case of getting ourselves to 500 and seeing what happens from there. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be the bi-week mid-season review. So we're going to give out some player grades, some coaching grades, some awards to various players. Seb Talk Sports is going to come by. Tom McLevy is going to stop in for another McLevy minute. So it's going to be a pretty cool episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool music, really cool highlights, definitely something you guys should check out. And I'd also like to thank the Zedia Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast. You can find them at Zedia Network on Instagram or Twitter, and Zedia is just like the word media, only with a Z. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.